an insult, battle cry, or prayer to a god. Casper didn't know which. All the former duke knew was that he had perhaps three or four seconds to live. Instead of moving away from the attacker, Casper threw himself at the man, coming up hard against him as the sword fell through empty air. He got his shoulder under the man's armpit, and the momentum of the missed blow carried the nomad over Casper's shoulder. Casper's powerful arms pushed up hard, and the man spun through the air, landing hard upon the ground. The breath seemed to explode out of his body, and Casper suspected he might have cracked his spine. Casper sensed more than saw that two archers were unlimbering their bows, so he sprang forward and, with a diving shoulder roll, came to his feet, holding the closest man's sword. The nomad who had held the binding leather was trying to come to his feet and draw his own sword at the same time as Caspar stepped by him, smashing the man's head with the flat of the blade. The man fell over without a sound. Caspar might not be the swordsman Tal Hawkins had been, but he had trained as a soldier most of his life, and now he was in his element, in close brawling. He ran at the three riders, two with bows and one with a slender lance, that man levelling his weapon as he put his heels to his horse's barrel. The animal might not be a seasoned warhorse, but it was well trained. It leapt forward as if sprinting from the starting line in a race, and Caspar barely avoided being trampled. He almost took the point of the man's lance in the chest, but with a quick move to the left evaded it. Had the horse started only a yard or two farther back, he would have been moving too fast for Caspar's next move, which was to continue twisting and reaching up with his left hand, grab the rider by the back of his robe, and yank him from the saddle. Caspar didn't wait to see the man hit the ground, but used his momentum to keep turning until he was facing the closest rider, who was trying to draw his bow. Caspar reached out with his left hand and grabbed the man's ankle. He yanked it back and then up, and the bowman fell from the saddle. Caspar spun, looking for the last opponent, to see if one of those he had unhorsed had regained his footing. He turned twice before accepting his situation. Slowly he stood up and let the sword fall from his fingers. The last bowman had calmly moved his horse away a few yards, and now sat quietly in the saddle drawing a bead on Caspar. It was hopeless. Unless he was a terrible shot, Caspar would never avoid the arrow pointing at his chest. The man smiled and nodded, and said something that Caspar took as, Good, then flicked his gaze to someone behind Caspar. Suddenly one of the riders he had embarrassed smashed his forearm into the back of Caspar's neck, driving him to his knees. Caspar tried to turn as he heard metal clanking, and he realized someone was approaching with his discarded manacles. Before he could get his head around, cold iron slammed into the point of his jaw. Bright lights exploded behind his eyes for an instant before he lapsed into unconsciousness. Caspar's jaw throbbed. His neck hurt and he felt sore all over his body. He was disoriented for a moment, then remembered the confrontation with the nomads. He blinked 
trying to clear his vision, then realized it was night. From the variety of aches he experienced when he tried to move, he assumed the riders had spent a fair amount of time kicking him after he had been knocked unconscious, displaying their displeasure at the manner in which he had received their request for him to surrender. He judged it a good thing he hadn't killed any of them, for that would probably have earned him a cut throat. He realized his chance of escaping that encounter had been slim. He struggled upright, no mean feat with his hands bound behind him with leather cords. But he also knew that a trained fighting man might stand a better chance of survival amongst people like these compared to a common field hand or house servant. Looking around, he discovered he was secured behind a tent. His bindings were tight around his wrists, and though...